This is a GRDC podcast. Potassium deficiency in southeastern Australia has flown under the radar, but that's about to change. Hello there, I'm Prue Adams. Grain growers in South Australia and Victoria are increasingly reporting underperforming crops, which could be attributed to a lack of potassium. Soil tests often show the levels of fine, but are those tests accurate for this part of the world? Or does there need to be a recalibrating of the procedures used to test for potassium? A new project with GRDC Investment is aimed at identifying potassium-responsive soils and developing best practice for application of this vital but under-recognised mineral. Dr Nigel Wilhelm is leading the project. He's from SADI, the South Australian Research and Development Institute, the research division of the Department of Primary Industries and Regions in South Australia. I caught up with him at one of the trial sites at Maitland on the York Peninsula. It is one that's been flying under the radar and it's probably one we've been a bit complacent with, I guess, in southeastern Australia because traditionally we haven't used potassium fertiliser in the cropping program across southeastern Australia. A lot of our soils are heavy through southern Australia and they have quite good reserves of potassium. So we didn't expect it to be a problem, even though every time we take a commodity off the farm, we're taking potassium with it. So we know we're mining our resources, but we thought we had plenty in reserve. I guess we've had a trickle of reports from farmers and advisors of responses to potassium or concerns about the potassium status of their paddocks. And that's got to the stage where GRDC have commissioned us to look at the extent and severity of potassium deficiency across southeastern Australia. And then we've started up that program this year just to see if we can find it and how severe it is and where it occurs. So I'm going to get into the details of the program in, the, in a moment. But when you talk about taking potassium off the farm, what do you mean by that? And tell me about how much potassium hay takes off when you take a hay crop off. Absolutely. Hay is the wild card. But all commodities, plant commodities and animal commodities, contain potassium. It's an essential nutrient. So whenever a plant or animals leave the farm, that's taking potassium with them. The issue with hay is, one, you're taking a lot off. And because you're cutting it sort of late in the crop's development, it's got quite high levels of potassium. So the combination of those two means that a hay enterprise is taking a lot more potassium off the farm than a grain enterprise or a livestock one. And you were telling me before, 10 times as much, is that right? It can be. You know, compared to, say, a cereal crop, an oat and hay crop, or a particular loose and hay crop under the same conditions, it's a lot more bulk. And it does have higher potassium levels. Combine the two, and yes, we're looking at substantial exits of potassium to as much as 10 times you'd get with a grain crop. So what would be the triggers that farmers would see, I suppose, that might get them to say, OK, this actually could be a potassium issue? What would they be seeing in their crop? Yeah, I guess the first trigger, if you like, for people to investigate their crop further is poor performance. A lot of things can cause poor performance, but that's the first trigger often that the farmer or the consultant says this should be doing better than it is. Another trick that's been developed and we first saw it in West Australia is that the chaff lines or header rows tend to do better in a crop that's suffering from potassium deficiency. Because we're gathering straw from across the paddock, putting in a concentrated band, there's actually a bit of potassium and all that and in a potassium deficient situation, we see the crop respond. 
So we actually see chaff rows or header rows doing better in the paddock. Typically they go worse where potassium is not a problem. So that's been a little signal. Plant testing works very well for diagnosing potassium deficiency. But something that's led us a bit astray, I think, is that our soil testing might not be sensitive to the problem in southeastern Australia. So we've been using diagnostic criteria from West Australia, which is dominated by sandy soils, and we're now suspicious that the critical level developed in WA for the soil testing program is too low for these heavier soils that are typically widespread across southeastern Australia. So we think it's a tool that might have led us astray a bit, if you like, in terms of picking up the problem early. And is that a function of soil type or climate or what is that a function of or do we not know that yet? We're suspicious that it's linked to the soil type. So the critical levels we have or the diagnostic criteria we've developed are basically from sands in West Australia, which have inherently low levels of potassium. But in southeastern Australia, we tend to have heavier soils and in South Australia in particular, we have soils with a lot of limestone. That's very different material, very different texture, very different mineralogy. And we think that's all making the test behave differently. We still think it'll work, it just needs recalibrating for that situation. And recalibrating so that it is more sensitive to picking up potassium or recalibrating how? Currently, the guidelines of the textbook say that if you have got a soil test value above 50 parts per million, you won't see potassium deficiency in our broadacre crops and pastures. In our experience and these reports from farmers and advisors is that we're getting potassium deficient crops and pastures with soil test values as high as 200. Now, according to our criteria, that shouldn't happen. So we think that criteria needs adjusting and probably higher, so it's actually picking up or diagnosing a deficiency at much higher levels than what we're used to. So we're at Maitland, or near Maitland, where we are at the moment, and dug a hole, and you can see the layer of topsoil, the dark layer of soil on top, and then after that is sort of more the kind of limestone base. That soil structure here, or the climate here, seems to have a different response to potassium to other parts of South Australia even, doesn't it? Can you tell me what that is? Like, as you go down further here, what happens with the potassium levels compared to in other places? Yes, when we do the, the soil tests and check the soil reserves of potassium down the profile here, we find that the levels of extractable potassium get smaller or lower. If we go to other parts of South Australia, the potassium reserves actually increase and sometimes quite strongly. So there's something about the environment or the material that's quite different. So we have disappearing potassium here with depth. We have increasing potassium in these other environments such as the SA Mallee or the Upper Air Peninsula. That's going to make a big difference to how potassium deficiency manifests, if it manifests at all. And obviously, if we're only sampling the top layer of soil, the 0 to 10 centimetres, which is typical for commercial tests, if we've got increasing levels down the profile, we'll miss those with that approach to soil testing. So tell me about the program that you're involved in now, which is looking at potassium deficiency. It is. It's very much a pilot study. So it's responding to this trickle of reports from farmers and growers, and GRDC have picked that up. So this is the first foray into potassium deficiency in the broadacre cropping zone in southeastern Australia. So we've got two major activities. 
One is to try and map the scope and severity of potassium deficiency. So we have eight little trials across South Australia and Victoria on typical soil types where there's been reports or suspicion of potassium deficiency. And we're just looking to see if the crops respond to potassium just to get a first handle on how widespread it is and how severe it is. So that's one component that runs for two years. So we get a handle on where it is, how often it occurs. And the other one is once you have a problem, what's the easiest and most effective way of treating it? So we've got trials in the ground as well this year, looking at different rates of potassium and different ways of putting them out to see what's the most cost-effective way of treating a problem once you're confident you've got one. And I guess just to reinforce, if growers feel that they do have a potassium deficiency, what should they be doing? Should they be doing soil tests? Should they be doing foliar tests or sending them into somebody? What should they be doing? We'd like to see a combination of both plant and soil testing. I said we've got a question mark over how diagnostic the soil test is, so we're keen to get more information about that. But as best we can tell, the plant testing is providing reliable and it will pick up a deficient crop in southeastern Australian conditions. So that's the go-to tool for confirming whether a poorly growing crop is potassium deficient or not. And in that situation, it's really good if the farmer advisor can take a sample from a good growing crop as well that's in the paddock or in a similar zone. That's a very good comparison that increases the rigour of that comparison. So we'd really like to see that good and bad patch come in as a plant test. And accompanying soil test is really valuable, one, to gain information about that environment, but two, for us to further investigate how this soil test is behaving. And I know it's really early days in the program, but what can you advise farmers to do should they have a potassium deficiency issue? I'd certainly advise doing some more investigation first before treating the problem. Potassium's not particularly cheap to correct, so you want to be confident you've got a problem first, otherwise you'll be spending money on fertiliser you don't really need. So do a bit more homework. Plant testing is a tool, soil testing. Maybe look for those chaff line responses or header row responses because that's another nice signal. And discuss it with your neighbours and advisors and see if they're seeing something similar in the area. And I'd say keep an eye out for the trial results as well. Absolutely. We'll be getting them out to the industry as they come to hand. So yes, we'll have our seasons of results this year and another set next year to see where we go to next. Thanks, Nigel. Pleasure. That was Dr Nigel Wilhelm from SARDI, heading up the project looking at potassium deficiency in the southern region. This is a GRDC podcast. I'm Prue Adams. Thanks for listening. <laughs>